Marish gives it a gallant try, and the Yankees clinch. It's episode 18 of Baseball 61. There it is. There it is. If it stays fair, there it is, number 60. How about that? A standing ovation for Roger Maris, who got number 60. Fastball hits deep to right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Baseball 61, a podcast about the 1961 season, the New York Yankees, the Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle, home run chase of Babe Ruth's single season home run mark. This is our final episode of Baseball 61, and we have a lot of ground to cover. So here we go. We begin with Friday, September 15th. In the first game of a doubleheader in Detroit, the Yankees clobbered the Tigers 11-1. to Neither Mickey Mantle nor Roger Maris homered, but Yogi Berra and Moose Scourin did. Whitey Ford pitched the distance in the two-hour and 47-minute game for his 24th win against three losses. He walked three and struck out six. In the second game, the Tigers finally defeated the Yankees 4-2. It took two hours and 32 minutes to play the game. Both Maris and Mantle played and each collected a hit, but neither homered. 42,267 turned out for the twin bill. At 101-48, the Yankees had a 10-and-a-half game lead and were on the verge of clinching their second straight pennant and sixth in the last seven seasons. Saturday, September 16th. For the second straight game, the Yankees took it on the chin, despite the 57th home run of the season by Maris. Starting pitcher Ralph Terry failed to survive the fourth inning in Detroit's 10-4 victory. Yankees nemesis Frank Larry pitched the distance in the two-hour and 32-minute game in front of 35,820. The Tigers thus staved off the inevitable, pulling within nine and a half games of the Yanks, with 13 to play. Sunday, September 17th. It took the Yankees 12 innings, but Roger Maris belted his 58th homer of the year, and Luis Arroyo picked up his 15th win against four defeats as the Yanks beat the Tigers 6-4. The two-run blast by Maris came in the 12th with two outs to lift New York to the win in three hours and 46 minutes in front of 44,219. At 102-49, and 49, the Yankees' lead was back to 10.5 games. In the National League, the Reds held a 3.5-game edge over the Dodgers. Monday, September 18th, the Yankees were off as they headed to Baltimore, wondering if Maris could break the Babes' single-season home run record within the 154 games mandated by Commissioner Ford Frick. Tuesday, September 19th, this story appeared in the Sporting News. Roger Maris wasn't so taken up with his record hunt in Baltimore that he couldn't take a large part of his afternoon on the day of games 152 and 53 to visit a sick youngster in Johns Hopkins Hospital. Maris went to the bedside of gravely ill Frank Sluica, the four-year-old son of a former Washington senator farmhand. After the visit with the youngster, Maris related to a friend, Lou Grasmick, former Philadelphia Phil pitcher, 
that he felt torn up emotionally. Quote, what have I got to lose? This kid is so sick, it shakes me up, Roger said. The Yanks were in Baltimore for that doubleheader. Whitey Ford suffered only his fourth loss of the season against 24 victories when the Birds scored a run in the first inning and won one to nothing. The game took two hours and 27 minutes, and the winning pitcher would be future Yankee Steve Barber. Maris went 0-3, for 3, and Mantle, appearing as a pinch hitter, went 0-1. for 1. Ford hurled seven innings, walked three, struck out seven, and allowed only seven hits to go with a one run. In the second game, the Yankees bounced back, winning 3-1 behind Bud Daly, who improved to 12-17. and 17. Maris did not homer again, going one for five in the two-hour and eight-minute game. Mickey Mantle did not play. More on that in a minute. 31,317 turned out for the doubleheader. By winning the second game, the Yankees, at 103-50, and 50, clinched a tie for the pennant, leading Detroit by 10 games. The Yankees had nine games left in the season, while the Tigers had 11. The reason Mickey Mantle didn't play and was all but out of the home run chase was because he had an abscess on his hip, which grew worse when at the suggestion of Yankees broadcaster Mel Allen, he went to visit a doctor who in later years was described as a quack, Max Jacobson, who worked on many celebrities and also President Kennedy. He allegedly gave President Kennedy a concoction to help his Addison's disease. And he gave Mel Allen concoctions. And apparently the concoction and the shot that he gave Mickey Mantle infected his hip, created an abscess, and Mantle really was sidelined for most of the rest of the season, including the World Series. And there are those who say that Yankees co-owner Dan Topping never forgot Mel Allen suggesting that Mickey Mantle go see Jacobson, and that was one of the reasons behind Allen's unceremonious dismissal after the 1964 season. Wednesday, September 20th. It was game number 154 of the season, the tipping point for Roger Maris. He needed to hit two homers to tie Babe Ruth's single-season mark of 60 in order to be recognized as the one to tie the great Bambino for homers in a season. A win would also clinch the American League pennant for the Yankees. On a stormy night, in front of 21,032, and in a game that received nationwide attention. In other words, the game was an only televised back to New York on the Yankees' flagship station, WPIX-TV. It was also televised in Baltimore. It was also televised nationally. ABC providing the coverage. And among those there to broadcast a game for ABC, the great Hank Greenberg, who once hit 58 home runs in a season. Maris lined out to right in his first at-bat in the first inning. Cleet Boyer's RBI single gave the Yankees a 1-0 lead in the second against starter Milt Pappas. In the third inning, up stepped Roger Maris. Yankees broadcaster Phil Rizzuto was at the mic. And here comes Roger Maris, who lined the right field in the first inning. You'll excuse me if I root a little bit for Roger tonight. Just tonight, that's all. 
2-1 pitch. Drive deep to right, way back there. Way back, and there's number 59 for Roger Maris. Out of all, Roger, 59 home runs. And look at the photographer's goal. Man, he really creamed that one. Roger Maris really hit one for his 59th home of the year, and that puts him in a select field of just two men who have hit 59 homers. Babe Ruth, who also hit 60, and Roger Maris. He stepped ahead of Jimmy Fox and Hank Greenberg. And there was no doubt about that one. Yogi Berra followed with a home run, and an RBI double by Elston Howard chased Pappas and gave the Bombers a 4-0 advantage. Maris came to bat in the fourth, and struck out against reliever Dick Hall. In the seventh, after Baltimore came back with two runs in the sixth to make it a 4-2 game, Maris just got under one, flying out to right. In the ninth, Orioles manager Lum Harris, who was appointed to the job earlier, about a month or so back after manager Paul Richards left to take over the operation of the Houston Colt 45s, who would begin playing the National League in 1962, Manager Lum Harris brought in knuckleball pitcher Hoyt Wilhelm. Maris grounded out to the pitcher unassisted and missed out on getting the coveted 60 home runs in 154 games. Maris, by the way, did not begrudge Harris for bringing in Wilhelm. Baltimore, as it turned out, would be the nemesis for Roger Maris. Remember, earlier in the season, Maris lost a home run in Baltimore because of a rainout. Meanwhile, Ralph Terry went the distance in the two-hour game as the Yankees clinched the pennant their 26th and 11th in the last 13 seasons. Yankees broadcaster Phil Rizzuto had the call, followed by the post-game celebration in the clubhouse with Mel Allen interviewing Maris. Terry's one-strike delivery. Curve hit on the ground a second. Richardson has it. Throws the scar and the ball game is over and the Yankees win their 26th pennant. Ralph Terry being congratulated by his whole team, Ralph Hauk out there, everybody hugging Terry. And it couldn't have been more appropriate as Terry was the hard luck pitcher in the World Series last year against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Ralph Terry had a tremendous night tonight, setting the Orioles down in order in eight of the nine innings in which he pitched. But right now, we're ready with Mel Allen down in the Yankee dressing room, so take it away, Mel. This is Mel Allen speaking to you, friends, from the Yankee clubhouse. Hey, Raj, come here. Congratulations. Raj, I'm sorry you didn't get number 60. Well, I was trying, Mel, the last three times up at Madden. I just couldn't get it. You know, Raj, uh, earlier tonight, and I'd like to set the record straight for some of these uh, folks looking in, these the real nice people who, uh, I just happened to mention that the last time we were here, remember the game was washed out. You and Mickey and Boyer lost to Homer. That's right. So I'm just saying, I said not in any defense, but just uh, noteworthy to observe that you had hit a Homer that had been washed out. The Babe did not have one that was washed out. So I got a lot of wires here saying, I got right here in my pocket, saying, well, you forget that if uh, the Yankees, uh, that game had been played, that 150, uh, last night would have been the 155th game, or 154th. There was one tie game. In fact, when Babe hit his 60, uh, 
They played 155 games. They had one tie game. But the point of it is, had that game gone to its completion, where you had your home run, you would not have played a doubleheader last night because one of the games played last night was a playoff of that game. Isn't that right? That's right. And so, uh, therefore, it still would have been uh, within uh, the legal limits of 154 games to a decision. But nonetheless, how do you feel having come so close and not quiet? Well, of course, it always always, uh, feels good to come close after all. I'm in some pretty good company with uh, Babe Ruth, Hank Greenberg, Jimmy Fox, and... uh, some of the boys, so I'm very happy. I, I think got I've news for team. you, just in company with Babe Ruth, because uh, Hank and Jimmy, God bless them both, only hit 58. You're the only one that ever hit as many as 59 other than Babe. Well, I'm very thankful uh, that I've ever gotten that on know. And uh, you won't mind the asterisk, will you? No, I if sure you, won't. From here on out? I sure won't. You, you're still going to keep uh, swinging. You're not going to take that day off right away, are you? No, I don't think I will, Mel. I think I'll just keep playing and see what happens. I'll take my chances. Roger, in this last month, uh, I know you've been under severe pressure. That uh, you are right on. Have you ever had anything like it in your life? No, Mel, I haven't. Uh, there was quite a bit there, and uh, it's over with now, and I'm, I'm very happy. You realize, of course, that all the reporters have jobs to do, everybody meant well. The photographers who uh, would always come off and gather around home plates to take your picture, they meant well. They were trying to cover this story, which was the greatest sports story of the year. But it must have at times bothered you when you were at bat, as you looked out of the corner of your eye or thoughts went through your mind. Well, uh, you always do have those thoughts when you're up there hitting and trying to hit, I should say, and you'll uh, look over and see two or three photographers standing around home plate. Uh, It does get you after a while. Do you feel relieved? Right now, yes, very relieved. Pennant and uh, the 154 game limit is over with. That was the main thing, winning the pennant, of course. That's right. And you really feel relieved. You have no regrets. No regrets whatsoever. God bless you. Great team man. Thank you. Rod, I remember the times you funny to get the run home, too. <laughs> Wonderful. When you get a shot of you here, uh, Rod. The home run race had even captivated the President of the United States. This story in the sporting news. The Berlin situation, disarmament talks, and other political issues have occupied most of President John F. Kennedy's time recently, but the chief executive hasn't been too busy to keep abreast of the national pastime. The president showed an intense interest in Roger Maris' attempt to break Babe Ruth's homer record. Representative Melvin Price, Democrat from Illinois, revealed in a letter to publisher J.G. Taylor Spink of the Sporting News, quote, in the past month, I had two occasions to be at the White House. On the first occasion, President Kennedy's first question to me was, do you think Maris will make it? The morning after the final game in which Maris would have a chance to tie or beat Ruth's record, I was at the White House again. And the president's first remark was, well, he didn't make it. Thursday, September 21st. With the air out of the balloon, the Orioles beat the Yankees 5-3 with manager Ralph Falk using mostly substitutes except for Maris, who played and went 0-4. The attendance was still good, as 22,089 turned out to watch the two-hour and four-minute ball game. Bill Stafford suffered the defeat, dropping to 13-8, and Jack Fisher pitched the distance, tossing a three-hitter while walking one and striking out six to improve to 10-12. Friday, September 22nd. It was a rare Friday off for the 104 and 51 Yankees. While in the National League race, the Dodgers won and the Reds lost, 
So Los Angeles cut Cincinnati's first-place lead to four games, but the clock was ticking on this 154-game season in the National League. Saturday, September 23rd. It was on to Boston for the Yankees, and Mickey Mantle was back in the lineup, belting his 54th home run of the season. Elston Howard added his 21st, and Bob served his 8th. Rookie Carl Yastrzemski slugged his 11th home run for the Red Sox, but Whitey Ford notched his 25th win against four losses as the Yankees downed the Bo Sox 8-3 in front of 28,128 at Fenway Park. Ford pitched only five innings and was relieved by Jim Coates, followed by Luis Arroyo, who notched his 28th save. Maris did go one for three with an RBI, while Mantle went two for four before being lifted for a pinch runner. Sunday, September 24th, Bill Mambuquet, who in 1968 would have a brief sojourn with the Yankees, surrendered only five hits, won the 28th home run by Moose Scarron as the Red Sox downed New York 3-1. Maris went one for three and Mantle 0 for three in the two-hour and 14-minute game in front of 30,002. Monbouquet pitched the distance, allowing just one run on five hits. He struck out six and walked two. Luis Arroyo suffered the loss. Monday, September 25th, the Yankees were off, heading back to Yankee Stadium. With five games left, they held a 105-52 record. In the National League, the Reds clinched a tie for the pennant, maintaining a four-game edge over the Dodgers with four games to play. The Dodgers still had six games left. Tuesday, September 26th, the Yankees went back home and 19,401 turned out at Yankee Stadium to watch the Bombers battle the Orioles. In the third inning, with the Yankees trailing 2-0, upstepped Roger Maris. The voice of the Yankees, Mel Allen, had the call on WPIX-TV Channel 11. There it is. There it is. If it stays fair, there it is, number 60. How about that? A standing ovation for Roger Maris, who got number 60. The Yankees tied the game in the sixth on a run-scoring single by Johnny Blanchard and took the lead in the seventh when Billy Gardner scored on an error. 3-2 would be the final score. Roland Sheldon was the winning pitcher in the two-hour and 13-minute game, the rookie right-hander improving to 10-5. and five. Mantle, his hip still sore, started the game, walked in the first inning, but was immediately replaced by a pinch runner. Maris went two for four. In the National League, the Reds beat the Cubs 6-3, to three, winning their first pennant since 1940. It would be the Yankees against the Reds in the World Series, the first time these two franchises would meet since the 1939 season. Wednesday, September 27th. On this night, it was the Orioles' turn to beat the Yankees by the score of 3-2. Steve Barber pitched eight innings to notch his 18th win against 12 losses. Only 7,594 turned out to watch the two-hour and seven-minute game. Maris, who wanted a break and asked manager Ralph Hawk for one, did not play. Neither did Mantle. Thursday, September 28th, the Yankees were off and entered the final weekend of the season with a 106-53 and record. Friday, September 29th, the regular season was winding down. On this night, 
21,405 watched the Yankees trim the Red Sox 2-1 to in two hours and seven minutes. Roger Maris was back in the lineup going 0-2. for Once again, Mickey Mantle did not play. This time, Bill Mambuquette pitched the distance and lost, while Whitey Ford started and hurled six shutout innings. Roland Sheldon won the game, improving to 11-5, when Johnny Blanchard had a walk-off single scoring Maris in the bottom of the ninth. Saturday, September 30th. It took two hours and 15 minutes for the Yankees to beat the Red Sox 3-1. Roger Maris played and went 1-for-3, while Mickey Mantle did not play in the game that attracted 19,061 at the stadium. Note the attendance figure, by the way. Coincidence? 19, remove the zero, 61. Just saying. Ralph Terry notched his 16th win against three defeats. He allowed one run on five hits in six innings. Jim Coates, not Luis Arroyo, closed it out and picked up his fifth save with two scoreless innings of relief following Bud Daly's one scoreless inning. Don Schwal pitched the distance and lost. Sunday, October 1st. It was the last day of the season, but Roger Maris hit 61 home runs. A restaurant owner in Sacramento, California, Sam Gordon, offered $5,000 for the ball to the fan who caught it, if Roger hit it, so he could give it to Roger, provided Maris and the person who caught the ball flew out to his restaurant for the presentation. Bill Stafford started for the Yankees and Tracy Stallard for the Red Sox, but only 23,154 turned out for the game. Imagine if this were today, 2021, you would not be able to buy a seat. Well, if history was going to be made on this date, Yankee Stadium was going to be just a third full. In the last of the fourth of a nothing-nothing game, with Stallard on the mound, up stepped Maris. Yankees broadcaster Phil Rizzuto was calling the action on radio. Here is the complete at-bat by Maris, followed by the celebration. And they're standing up, waiting to see if Maris is going to hit number 61. Here's the wind-up. The pitch to Roger, way outside ball one. And the fans are starting to boo. Maris only has, including this time, three times at bat. And unless the Yankees get a rally, that's all he'll have to try and get number 61 on the year. The wind-up, the pitch, low balls two. That one was in the dirt. And the boos get louder. Two balls, no strikes on Roger Maris. Here's the windup. Fastball hit deep to right. It's going to be it. Way back there. Holy cow. He's going to be Look at him fight for that ball out there. Holy cow. What a shot. Fighting for that ball out there. People were climbing over each other's backs. 
And they want Maris to come out and take another bow. He does. And he's coming out again. Man, if his teammates are pushing him out there, he wants to get down, they won't let him. One of the greatest sights I've ever seen here at Yankee Stadium. One to nothing would be the final score in the one hour and 57 minute game. Stafford notched the win, finishing his season at 14 and 9. Hal Reneth pitched one inning of relief, and Luis Arroyo closed it out with two scoreless innings for his 29th save. The Yankees managed just five hits, while the Red Sox four. Again, Mickey Mantle did not play. Sal Durante a 19-year-old truck driver from Brooklyn, seated in right field, caught the baseball, offered it to Maris, who refused and told Durante to take the $5,000 from the restaurant owner. When the dust settled, the Yankees finished with a 109-53 record, computing to a winning percentage of 673. In the National League, the last year the senior circuit played 154 games before expansion, the Cincinnati Reds finished with a 93-61 and record and a winning percentage of 604. The Reds beat out the Dodgers by four games, while the Yankees finished eight lengths ahead of the Tigers. On to the World Series. The World Series was almost an afterthought when you think about it. Lasted just five games. The Yankees and Reds split the first two games at Yankee Stadium. New York winning game 1-2-0 behind Whitey Ford's two-hit complete game effort on Wednesday afternoon, October 4th. Elston Howard and Moose Scourn homered, accounting for the game's only runs in front of 62,397 in a game that took only two hours and 11 minutes to play. On Thursday, October 5th, the Reds bounced back for a 6-2 win behind Joey Jay, tying the series at 1-1. One one. It was also the date... The Washington Senators traded Dick Donovan, Gene Green, and Jim Mahoney to the Cleveland Indians in exchange for Jimmy Pearsall. In other words, things were moving fast, even with the World Series being played. In fact, right before the series started, former Yankee Billy Martin announced his retirement from baseball. He had been playing most recently with the Minnesota Twins, a team which would someday give him his first managerial assignment. The series, meanwhile, shifted to Cincinnati on Saturday, October 7th. Remember, it was tied 1-1, but the Yankees won all three games at Crosley Field. In Game 3, Maris homered, and the Yanks, down 1-0 entering the 7th, scored single runs in the 7th, 8th, and 9th to win 3-2. Behind Whitey Ford's shutout, the Yankees won Game 4, 7-0, and wrapped up the series the next day, with a 13-5 pounding of the Reds. As for Mantle, with his sore hip, he only played in two World Series games and went one for six. The 1961 season was over. Maris, hounded by the media, losing clumps of hair, had made it through. Years later, baseball commissioner Faye Vincent ruled there would not be two separate lines in the record books, by the way, there never was an asterisk, just two separate lines. The 61 home runs by Maris in 1961, Vincent ruled, would be considered the single-season home run mark. Of course, years later, 
That record would be broken under tainted conditions by Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and their records would fall under tainted conditions by Barry Bonds. Baseball was now in the steroids era. Now that is going to do it for this podcast. I hope you had as much fun and enjoyment listening to the podcast as I had and putting it together. And I certainly hope it was informative for you. My intent is to keep the podcast posted indefinitely for your enjoyment. Most importantly, thank you for your support. And thank you for listening to the podcast Baseball 61. I'm Dan Lavallo.